My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 162nd episode of Space Spinner 2000, the podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for March and April 1987, progs 515 to 518. <gasps> this time, the bad company begins their assault, Stronti of Dogs through the ra- is through the rapids, Judge Dredd gets religion <laughs> and the dead get some combat training. Ooh. I like that one. Well, forcible and, combat training. It's like a like a forcible enlistment. Yeah, it's more like how you would combat train say an angry dog as opposed to a uh, to a, to, a, to a person you respect. We're not talking uh, about <laughs> fucking no I I was about to say Michael Phelps cuz I forgot the footballer who actually fought dogs. That one. What? The football guy. Anyway. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today and Judge Dredd, The Complete Case, Files 10, Strontium Dog, SCH Files 4, The Complete Bad Company, Slain the King, and 2080 Extreme Edition 21. And let's, uh, we're, we're, we're bookended by, uh, Pete Milligan at, uh, at this point, so let's get bookended with Thrill One Bad Company. Bad company. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and then, uh, and then just like a nice little set of piano keys playing. Always, Such yeah. a calm song. <laughs> uh, Scripter about Pete Milligan, art about Brett Ewens and Jim McCarthy, letter about Tom Frame. All right, Fox. Oh my God! Hey, guess what? If you thought things were bad, I guess they're really, really bad. They're really, yeah, really, bad. really bad. Real, Everything's real bad here, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> We start with a close-up of my buddy Thrax as the company is making jokes about Flytrap's arms being amputated because that's what you do, I guess. I, you know, when your friend is dying in the arms of a robot, I just died in the in died Should... in the arms of a robot tonight. Thank you. I, I, Sorry, or I... a or a in the arms of a robot. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> Is yeah. is Bad Company just a musical waiting to happen, Conrad? Uh, less so than Metal Zoic, I'd say. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> just because it's so grim, you know. Like there's there's much less sort of breaks for songs than there were in Metal Zoic. Meatloaf like. would only be on one of those, and I feel like Meatloaf would choose Metal Zoic. Oh, of course, he was born to play Armageddon, buddy. Like, yes! you know, whatever. Um, anyway, all right. As this is happening, I should mention also that uh, Danny Franks' hair is morphed to full dreadlocks at this point. It's yeah. not clear who's doing this braiding for him, but they are doing it quickly. <laughs> He's He has been culturally appropriating all of the people from his life. Everyone around him, absolutely. Uh, Wallbanger's finished amputating Flytrap's arm, and he's made an alarming discovery. Flytrap, himself as good as dead, well, with the arm, and the okay, n- also good as dead, the entire planet of Ararat. Oh, well, that seems more important than the first thing he said. Well, I mean, it's always sad when one of your teammates dies, but yeah, the planet being just blowing itself up is pretty bad, too. Plants are going crazy. The Earth itself is starting to bubble and burst. The whole place is going to explode in just a couple days. Good Lord. My favorite part is the corpses erupting from the Earth where everyone's like, war zombies. And it's like, nah, man, they're just being burped up. 
Yep, bad times. Yeah, trees are uprooting themselves, volcanoes all over the place. It's real bad. Um, the winds of Golgotha are loose, causing Danny to hallucinate Kano as a uh, as a Malcolm murdering Danny Kano hybrid. He shoots him, but Kano's like not worried about that. He ain't got time to bleed, buddy. Uh. Uh, so Kano continually unfazed through all of this. Wow, what a death march! He's such a great leader. Let's keep following him, right? Yeah, he's got a plan. Now the plant's being destroyed, which is fine. We can get those cruel for good. But hey, I guess our total vamp bro is going to peace out, but he's going to yeah. show up later. Thrax and his buddy Shrike are like, screw that. I am out of here. Like they're trying In to their escape. weird BDSM relationship, they peace out. Yeah, I don't and, judge. Uh, I mean, I guess we don't really notice because... Well, what's in he, the box? Kano's about to like stop Thrax from leaving, but before he can gun them down, a dying flytrap stops him, and we learn that that what's like, in the box? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Kano ordered Wallbanger just to leave Flytrap behind, but he didn't, and now Flytrap shows up and indeed has a final request, which is once again Fox. What's in the box? He demands to know what Kevin Spacey's got going on there. But Sorry, I, I've only got so many seven sins in me. It's fine. That's that's the last one I get. Oh, no, say, say the last one for the for the end of here. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> so Flytrap dies before Kano can show him. I want to know what's in the box too, Fox. Whatever. Um, I mean, it's the, true. Yeah the 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 company heads for a cruel headquarters where they bump into a bunch of cool escaped prisoner guys. Um, and you know, the, I mean, <laughs> we, so I, I didn't realize that this was happening. Yeah. It's, it's weird. The quick cut of just like, Hey, we're going across this thing to suddenly it's someone else. Yeah. I, maybe someone else made this connection. Like, I don't know. I, it was just suddenly like, Oh, there's a new group with yeah. them. I mean, it, it like the two of them kind of bump into each other and these escape guys are quickly recruited into bad company and we sort of get some quick backstory about them. Basically, they were being experimented on long term by the cruel when the cruel themselves started to flee the area and a huge earthquake allowed them to escape their pens before they could all be slaughtered and they took out the remaining cruels on their own and they were sort of wandering the wilderness. But now they're in bad company. Ah, uh, shit, we killed too many people for our rush ending, so we've got to put more people in there to get dead. I mean, At least you know, I, you gotta, I think. It's a process of, like, boom and bust. You know, sometimes you're you're uh, you're you're losing a bunch of uh, troopers. Sometimes you gain a bunch and you got too many Sud almost, you know? Suddenly you find a bunch of experimented on people that you can utilize their hate. Suddenly you're getting near to release season. You got to bring on a whole bunch of temps, buddy. That's how it goes. Oh, anyway. my God. Oh, that got so close to the core oh, yeah, of my person. Here, buddy. Listen. Oh. <laughs> it's wrong. So, uh, yeah. So D Danny is basically finished writing in his journal. He says this will be his last entry be be before the big fight against the cruel. On their way to the cruel base, they pass some abandoned spaceships. Um, 
probably not good enough to escape the planet, but some of the new company members still make a break for them and are gunned down by Thrax and Shrike. They're back. Oh I my mean, god. Like, yeah. I guess they, like mid-prog. <laughs> yeah, they, they they left last prog, but hey, don't be a jerk, man. They're back. He's here to see Kano destroyed, and that's what, 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 what you do. And I guess Thrax just has a, a weird eye now. Yeah. Danny and Mac discuss that Thrax needs Kano, like Kano needs the cruel, everybody needs something to hate. Um, oh, it's so beautiful. Just such a loving relationship of, of give and take, you know? Hate, love. Like the tattoos that would be on my knuckles if I had any kind of bravery in my life. <laughs> um, but anyhow, what, 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 what we really need besides something to hate is like 500 more dudes. They don't die in this coming assault on the, uh, the cruel maze. Wob wob. Yeah. This leads to the next prog where a ghostly sketch of Kano tops the comic as Bad Company rolls out and Danny's journal is suddenly written by a new person and a new voice. Which is it's, strange. It's Yeah, it's a cool, it's kind of cool, I think, just because it sounds so I love different. It. You know, Danny Franks is dead, you see. You were his diary, but now he is dead and you are mine. What's interesting is that even if you ignored... Because you, because you can, at least at the end of this, mm-hmm. you could ignore all of the text that people say and just read kind of the the extract or a, oh a, yeah the headers of it and get the full scene of what's going on as they explain it, which is what I would would tell them to have done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but they, like they, they... no, but it it was effectual. Especially as as we progress, but I'll let you continue. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're just trying to tease the big turn at the end of this of mm. this prog with the writing, mm. you know, because it is very much just just hardcore action as we see how bad company died perfectly, you know. Yeah, we see died like, as they lived. <laughs> yeah, we see like uh, Thrax going down in a hail of gunfire as he assaults some like cruel in in, in, in like a bunker. Um, Saying he'll just live forever, turnip heads, I guess. Love that turnip heads line. Uh, Wallbanger gets so so busted up that he self-destructs and takes out a bunch of cruel. Danny and Mac go over a collapsing hillside. And Kano, a veritable god of battle, goes down just covered in cruel along with his buddy Dog Breath. Who jumps to his defense? He just jumps in the middle of them with... Dies with a beautiful Aru. Yeah, the sad dog brain man, dude. Yeah. Uh, the diary starts to wax poetic when suddenly some rubble shifts and Danny and Mac are alive. It's funny. It's like I gotta get the fuck out of here. Basically, <laughs> yeah. is the text. But I love how they rumble out of the rubble because it's a very like kind of lethal weapon kind of thing. Like that's something mm. how like how, like Riggs and Murtaugh would like come out of like an exploded building. Like whoa, whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like everybody else, including all the cruel, are all dead. They walk among the, ha- the empty battlefield. Danny finds his diary and notes the new entry. And Max says he- that this new prose is almost as pretentious as Danny's, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> A voice rings out, apologizing for the style. It's Mad Tommy. And they're like, oh, but you're Mad Tommy. You're supposed to talk like a mad person. He's like, oh, would you rather me talk like, uh, you yeah. know, like, I, love I, a duck, mates. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. I'm a, they, that's not a knife. This is a knife. 
or, or would you rather me talk about some really dark shit? If you want, I'll explain everything. Including what's in the box. Yeah. So, regular Tommy leads the boys around the battlefield, explaining that he has to pre- he had to pretend to be mad to trick Kano. Uh, being crazy, let him hide in, in plain sight, basically. We flash back when, when Tommy was in a company with a round-headed Kano. Ooh, original flavor Kano. <sighs> <laughs> um, they took some cruel captive, but the cruel then quickly escaped and started killing everybody just in the middle of the jungle and stuff like that. So, you know, of course, that style. made him nuts and crazy, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, Kano tried to do one of those we show mercy and that's what makes us better than them things, but quickly learned that, like, nah, you aren't better than them. Like, you know, they'll kick your ass, Nah, basically. man. <laughs> nah. They, they torture people not to death, but to continue to torture them more. They put limbs on their shoulder blades. That's not where yeah. limbs go. No. Um, yeah, so... It's it's bad time, you know. Uh, Kano fought back against the cruel. Soon lo- lost all vestiges of humanity, and that's this is probably why he freaked out about taking prisoners earlier in the Bad Company story. Eventually, though, Kano was was captured by the cruel, and Tommy was on his own, living off the land, not making a big deal about himself. Apparently, it's one of these things where if you kind of don't try to fight, then the world wouldn't try to fight you. I guess. Um, well, I mean, he not, got to drink out of a, I guess, organic straw. Not super clear on, a, on, on how that works. Out yeah, of a salad. I don't know. <laughs> Even then, though, Tommy was looking for Kano, and and now he still is trying to find his body on the battlefield. We see an area with all of our dead buddies, including Dog Breath. Kano must be nearby, but they don't find, but but they can't find him. Though they do find the black box. Oh my god, let's open it to no fanfare. And a yeah. sweet-ass cliffhanger. Yeah, Tommy opens it, the boys learn the truth, but we won't learn the truth until next episode! Next Prague, all is revealed. Yeah, and the dramatic conclusion of Bad Company. Fox, what? Seri- serious question, what do you think is in the box? Uh, is it the head of a famous actress? Maybe... I'm gonna I'm gonna say head of a famous actress. I mean I know it's small, but it could be a tiny actress, tiny dancer. Ooh. Yeah, hold me closer indeed. <laughs> hold that fucking cl- box closer, buddy. Anyway. That's what I'm talking about. It could yeah. be it could be a beautiful love sonnet. Mm. And speaking of famous actors and actresses, Fox. Oh Oh my god. <laughs> I have so many things. So many failings. Thrill 2, Strontium Dog. Conrad. Conrad just, 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 you know, mm-hmm. do I do I have to bring up Moonlighting? Is that necessary? No, let's say. Okay, first of all, let me bring up the credits here, Fox. A scripture about Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art, art robot colors are scary. Letting robot Gordon Robson and Kid Robson. But yeah, man, listen. Uh, uh, Johnny Alpha and Durham Red, that's full on, like, will they, won't they original odd couple kind of stuff, you know? God, it, it was just like watching Cheers again. If Cheers was in the middle of a political situation where you had to rescue the president and uh, and the girl who started tending your bar wasn't a philosophy major. She was actually a vampire. And you weren't an ex 
like uh, a pitcher yeah, for yeah, for a potential yeah for a potential like baseball deal you were instead a dude who could see through walls and fuck up people's brains which by the way is the best show ever <laughs> i thought it was really I, I thought it was a real bummer when those gangsters killed norm halfway through the recently though right <laughs> the fuck all right <laughs> real real life over yeah no i'm real real excited about this uh this it's situation. so you're so true though. yeah so following their trip over the falls last episode bounty hunters on the trail sorry mutant bounty hunters on the trail of the alien terrorists that have kidnapped Sorry, time kidnapped U.S. President Ronald Reagan, Johnny you know Alfred, Durham, Conrad, off. You know what? I got time for that. I got time for everybody being soaking wet and a vampire gently caressing my teeth because she's hot and beautiful and then sucking the edge of my face and then me just being like, nah, bitch. No. My blood ain't for you. And it's... Yeah. There is some... Yeah, Johnny... It's a real writing. A, yeah. Johnny got, got got a cut on his face during the fall, and there is indeed some sexy uh, attempted vampirism from Durham Red here. <laughs> other 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 than and and this is the most uncomfortable part, the part where he shoves her off. Uh, mm-hmm. I had somebody looking over my shoulder while I was reading this thing, and they were like, "Did that dude just like slap that chick away?" And I'm like, "No." But it does kind of look like that. Kind of pushed her off, you know. I mean, listen, he's just like, he's uh, resisting her advances. And I think... Exactly. And like Red, I think, has some heightened like physical abilities because of her vampirism also. Like she's not just I mean, a sexy she ain't going to feel you know? that shit. Yeah. Um, apparently, though, Johnny's alpha particles makes his blood extra tasty. And, you know, Johnny tells her off. Because, listen, buddy, like blood play must be consensual. It has to be. <laughs> Like, that's the only, like, if you take nothing else away from was, this podcast, it's that, all right? I was going to say Q&A, Q&A here. Just, just like a light Q&A. Hmm. Is, is this a will they, won't they, Conrad? I can't answer these questions. Anyway, um, <laughs> luckily. Are, I mean, are blood particles with, with alpha whatever tasty? Do you know? You know, from your reference to moonlighting, buddy, I can tell you that you're better off not knowing and just seeing how it develops. Oh my god. <laughs> um anyway, Fair. the ensuing argument leads to Red tripping over the life wire from Johnny's blaster and he gets his gun back, which is pretty handy. Sweet. And, yeah. But they they've totally lost the kidnappers, so they're gonna have to figure out a way to get to Hang Kang, which is the next city they're going to on their own. Uh, by the way, my favorite thing about the next prog is how they do that. Yeah, but definitely. please continue. <laughs> Meanwhile, my buddies, Kayakos K, have arrived at Hang Kang, and President Ronald Reagan's got enough of this. He Listen, yells man. <laughs> you guys got rubber masks. I'll watch Scooby-Doo. Yeah. He, he yells at the Kayakos K guys. He threatens them with his x-ray vision. Oh, wait. He doesn't have that. He threatens them with his nasal polyps. And Which... Fox, this, this seems to be a combination of the fact that Reagan, while he was president, had several surgeries to remove skin cancer cells from his nose. And okay. a couple polyps from his colon. So just sort of oh. mixing, those, moving those polyps up to his nose. It's good times. I didn't know either of those things, nor did I need to know those things about 
my former president. Listen, you're going to know him. You're going to learn him because I think I might be on a list because I looked up Reagan polyps on Google and I don't know what that's going to do to my search history. God <laughs> damn it. You've implicated me into an FBI, CIA, deep government conspiracy now. Not the first time. Um, anyhow. <laughs> They toss Reagan into this coffin. The president's forced to contemplate his mor- mortality, and Chaos K is finally free of his rambling. <laughs> Hooray! I guess let's move to the next scene where a bunch of people want to hit someone for reasons because they made them feel not good about themselves. Wait till I get those toe rags! Ah, you know, toe rags brought up Three times? Two times? Yeah, that's some good English swearing, buddy. Uh, uh, I'm just rags. saying, like, you know, I'm, I'm after after reading this, I'm thinking about getting some toe rags. Like, just some just some nice cotton or some fleece mm. to just rub my toes with, you know? Really clean a, them out. There was, a, there was a pro wrestler, or there's a pro wrestler called a William Regal, who was a British guy in WWE. Dude. And he always called people toe rags, so I, 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 I really like that insult. Apparently it's a reference just to making fun of poor people not having shoes back oh, in the day. All right. Although, it, you know, because they so instead cool. tied rags around their toes. You see how it goes. But, what? Um, yeah. My, by, just, just for reference, my favorite British wrestlers were uh, a duo called the British Bulldog. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, listen, it's fair enough. Like you yeah, bring a Dave, dog onto stage, that's awesome. David uh, Boy anyway. Smith, Dynamite Kid, it's good times for sure. Oh my God! I'm just, How I'm do just, you know? They're just, so obscure, God. <laughs> no, they aren't. Were you kidding me? What? Like, the like when he went solo, the the British Bulldog was like in the Heart Foundation and stuff like that. He was like a big dude. Big, big new generation guy. Like, actually, this era of comics that we're reading right now is right around, like, 87 or so is, like, when Hogan leaves. And so um, WWE's got to start doing some new guys. It's when, like, Bret Hart comes up. All eh, This is not a wrestling podcast. You know (laughs) what? Uh, See? (laughs) Just do a plug. Now is the time for a plug. No. Anyway. um, (laughs) These three three, uh, strong team dogs, Stockeye, Dr. Death, and Winston... Uh, they, we met them and the Undertaker. The, yeah, we, we met them earlier in the story when they were trying to horn in on the Reagan job. They're still trying to horn in, and now they're on a boat ride to Hang Kang, swearing they'll get Reagan and deal with Johnny and Red. But not this time, as our heroes flip the boat and hijack it from them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say my favorite character is Doc, who seems completely, quote-unquote, at peace about the whole thing, like, yeah, everything will be all right. And then they just get their boat flipped, and it's like, yeah, peace, bitches. We took Docs, your boat. Docs knows this is a world of swings and roundabouts, Fox, for sure. Um, it's fair. Yeah, so they ditch the other strons. Johnny hits him with an electro flare as they're sort of floating in the water behind them as they head to Hang Kang. In town, they're still basically out of leads, so they stop at the local cop shop, where, again, Johnny expresses sympathy for the Kayakos K cause. Suddenly, a package is delivered to them from Kayakos K. Is this starting to feel a little D&D to you? It's like we just ended up in a place where we have no idea where we are, so we might as well hit the tavern, where suddenly the dungeon master throws quest at you. They just happen to activate it. Even more D&D when the cop grabs the delivery man and he takes a poison capsule and dies, which is for, something for I've done quite no a bit reason. as a dungeon master. Because, he's, 
<laughs> I don't want to like deal with these guys interrogating somebody. They'll just die. It's fine. We'll move on to the next it's, thing. It's the best part. It's like, here's the thing. And the guy just without cause. He's like, here's your package. Gives it to no, the guy. The he's cop, like, no. The, co- the, the cop grabs him. Like, hey, you're from Kayako's K. Once he's grabbed, he's like, screw this. I'm out. And oh, then, God. And then it's just cyanide capsule. Yeah. Red grabs him and tries to tries to save him from dying, but he quickly does. And Johnny says there's no use trying to re- revive him with time gizmos because he's such a true believer. He'd probably just, you know, refuse to talk and then it would wear off. I again. thought she was going to do some type of like sucking the, up yeah. the poison thing, you I know, but she just yeah. ends up smelling his clothes where I was like, does she have smell powers? Yeah. Anyhow, the package is a video that That's mess. where we both ended up, and it was just cut. I mean, she does then start smelling things, so I guess, yeah, yeah she does. She's got, like, some predator predator abilities. Like, not, oh. not movie predator. Just, like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, like, like, like a, as a wolf or a uh, <laughs> jungle cat would. Um, predator noises. Yeah, I don't like Please it. continue. <laughs> I feel like I, I opened you up because I said it. Ain't got time to bleed earlier, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's a video message, and it's Reagan doing slapstick Reagan stuff, which is I, my favorite thing. Is hey, I, I think we're on the east side of Moscow, yeah, close to Venice. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I guess eastern Moscow is closer to Venice than other parts of Russia, but it's also like patently not a helpful direction. It's west of fucking well, okay, sure. I mean, it's I don't west know. of Venice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, things are doing real bad, and he says they're, they're going to start cutting off fingers if hum- if uh, humans don't start leaving kayak in thirty days. I got to start making moves to to leave now, and every human has to be off the planet in thirty days. Sure, not gonna happen. I mean, it's a bummer, but listen, like if Reagan dies, or he, hell, even if Reagan just goes to Russia and mysteriously loses like two fingers, like that's gonna mess with the timeline pretty significantly. Fox, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's not gonna mess with the timeline that significantly. I don't think so. I think you could like. I feel like that would mess up like Glasnost. I feel like it would like um, oh, yeah. cause some big problems with because like remember he's in Russia at this point. He sort of dis- see, would be see, would be disappearing from the Russian embassy, and that's not a good pl- and that's not a good what, look. What you're not realizing is that there are reptilian reploids that can assume the physical appearance and sound of the president, and so long as they have a script in front of them, they can make certain sounds. That sound like English words and convince the people that it's it's fine and it's real. So don't worry about it, man. It's fine. Get the hell out of my podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. No, listen. Okay, l- yeah. Of, of course, the reptoids could probably handle it, but you know they aren't. We we aren't foregrounding the reptoid conspiracy in Strong Dog. Just, all right. That's anyway. fair. I love you. Anyway, <laughs> Reagan, of course, still is still convinced they're KGB guys. Not a lot of clues. And John, Red and Johnny just sort of start walking around. 
And Red says that the oh, kayak hey, look, died. There's, there's a place where we kill all the animals. Yeah, that well, kind of smells like the thing I smelled. Yeah, the the kayak smelled really strongly of of animal blood, specifically some some quirks like those guys over there. And indeed, they investigate a nearby stockyard and talk. And you know, there's some talk about how much Red likes blood. That's why she can sort of smallyate <laughs> the, the smell of it a little bit. You know, smallyate. Yeah, like this uh, this quirks oh. blood's kind of oaky with some uh, fruity undertones you know um, i i would say it's a little bit more earthy with uh with a little bit more of a uh robust sense of trampling yeah well listen one way or another it's no uh what australian chardonnay or whatever <laughs> oh my god okay so first fuck you but also i love you yeah listen um <laughs> But um, I, I and I mean, listen, like there's act like stockyards are a thing that existed, and like, I mean, I've and driven exist, through the middle of the the California Five, man. I've smelled death before. Yeah, so good times. So um, you know, so she smells the blood. They follow it to the stockyards, um, and suddenly they see a pair of freaking Kaiko's K guys. It's bad times. Johnny hits one with a stun shot. The other one drops a gate, and suddenly it's a stampede. You know, you know, you really got to think that maybe I just shouldn't shoot at guys who have access to a stampede. But you know what? You know what's better than a stampede, Conrad? Mm. Having an excuse for some sexy times during a stampede. I'm yeah. so excited for the last part. 518, baby. Yeah, we got to think fast. As the stampede comes, Johnny just freaking blasts a couple quirks. And I love how he non—he just indiscriminately kills these animals. Yeah, he doesn't stun them. He literally says, "No, I killed them." You can't. And now like, we're gonna—we're gonna, we're gonna I mean, go below their corpses. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd imagine the stun shots st- uh, tuned for humanoids, and they might not be pa- like I don't know how it works. Oh it, it my might not god, be powerful enough for a giant freaking wildebeest running at you or whatever. You know, you know? that's fair. It's—it's it's not just setting your. Your disruptor to stun, it's setting it to melt. So you're, you're trying to just get them in that right situation where it's delicious beef, so everything runs around it. Finally. Anyway, yeah, so the, oh the, the two bounty hunters snuggle up between the two bodies of the dead quirks I... to dodge the rush. Right. <laughs> they have some playful banter, and by the end, they're full-on kissing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm... <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna just take an aside here. Hello, listener. My favorite part of of this entire series of comic books, you know, just as we're talking to you, is the uh, Han Solo like reflection that happens. And I I fully suggest that you uh, find a way to ingest uh, Prog Five Eighteen uh, because Johnny Alpha is not just a Casanova. He straight up French kisses a hot-ass vampire who, even after the stampede clears out, is still doing a smooch. And you're like, damn, Johnny. Didn't want her biting you a second ago, but suddenly you're biting her. That was just chef's kiss. Please continue, Conrad. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Enough kissing, though, Fox. We got to get to work. That's what I'm talking about. They got to shoot some dudes and kick some meat and, like, kick a dude into a vat. And then she shoots some guys in a minecart. It's awesome. 
Enter the slaughterhouse, full-on shootout times. They do make quick work of these baddies, I think. Indeed, like Fox said, one guy gets kicked into a cart full of blood. It's real bad. (laughs) And under the slaughterhouse, the Kayako's K guys stash Reagan in the freezer and then go back to fight. He's so cold, he's like, oh, uh, you got some dogs coming? I guess they huskies. Huskies. Next time, (laughs) stalking the dog. This, Conrad, I have a hard time. I have a hard mm. time with this month. Like I'm gonna tell you, this is a top. This is a top contender. Yeah, man, Absolutely. this is real good for for the top spot. And I I will tell you the other when we get there. But oh my god, okay, it it was the kiss. It was a kiss yeah. that sealed the deal. I had no idea it was coming. Like Johnny Alpha. Has grown as a man after he kissed a what is it like a a two billion credit insured lips of yeah, a yeah, yeah. fake he, French he actress that, yeah that a movie star during um during Rage and now suddenly suddenly our boys got our boys got a little bit of heat to him I like yeah. I like this I like this Johnny Alpha heat I like this uh, I like this Durham Red connection she's mm. she's gorgeous uh, I looked up. I looked up some future art. I'm like, where does she go with this? She's not gone away. Some yeah, hey, got some spinoffs. Hey, don't, don't don't look that up. What are you doing? Not look at the image of the search. Podcast. Very very clear. Looked okay. at image search without text. And I was okay. like, oh shit! Like some artists did some really interesting renditions. Yeah, no. And I, mean, I will say, I will say to my to my to my ladies out there who have been doing amazing cosplay. Much like my boys out there who look gorgeous in their cosplay. But I will say Derm Red cosplay, on point. You guys got it locked on. Especially when you got the knife. The knife is like a like a dangerous situation. <laughs> I feel very threatened. Fair. A woman with a woman with a knife scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, man, listen. Yeah. You know, Durham Red, she, she she allows Johnny to do all the stuff he's been doing with Wolf on camera. It's real awesome, you know? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> with that mentioned, it's Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Script robot, John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art robot, John Cooper, Jeff Anderson, Jose Ortiz, and Kim Raymond. Letting robot, Tom Frame. Oh, man. I'll, I'll tell you, as soon as I started reading this, I was immediately thinking of Dread 2016 and how this this story, the shooting party, mm-hmm. could absolutely be extrapolated into a uh, a second movie. Yeah, if I that mean, makes I, sense. I think this thing kind of works for almost any kind of any kind of heroic situation. Like this is a yeah. pretty standard. Like like this this has been a Batman story as well for sure. You know. Oh, absolutely. I just uh, please. Carl Urban, make another Dread movie. <laughs> I don't think it's up to him, dude. I think you know. I know they're doing something in England. I don't know. Like it seems, it seems like they've got the, like Rebellion has this like movie studio, and it seems like they're working on stuff, but it's not clear like if they're filming or what they're. I don't know. Um, That's wiser awesome. men than me. Um, but yeah, so uh, John Cooper starts us off on art here. It's his first art in like 200 progs, and it's his final work in 2000 ID for another thousand or more. Final for a thousand progs? This, this is the kind of scale we deal in, buddy. 
Jesus Christ. We see, yeah, we see judges swarming a fancy area of Mega City One, and inside a mansion, a quartet of rich guys are getting guns ready in front of a wall of mounted heads. Heads of human beings! You know, this feels more American than it should. Mm, they're getting ready for their next hunt. The target, Judge Dredd. He's in this tiny cage over here. Let me gesture with my cute yellow glove. I do <laughs> Which like how everyone he, wears. Yeah, he immediately identifies the hunter. There's the hunters. There's a media magnate, a vig, a vidstar, slug king, and a politician. They, <laughs> um, they want to see Dredd's face, and that's the reward to the man that bags him. You know, if it was a quail hunt, all of the kills would have been done by the actual. Uh, person who set up the whole thing. Mm. He's got more experience and stuff. The cage opens, <laughs> and Dredd has two minutes to hide, and he's got to survive the game, just like Ice-T. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm Ice-T. I'm not trying to rap now. I feel feelings. Yeah, that's right. Gary Beast is trying to kill him. Um, anyway. Oh, my God. The, uh, so uh, he can't escape this place. So instead, he grabs some huge spikes off of a nearby tree and starts to uh, Rambo and Predator this place up, which is, of course, when you make incredibly complex tracks and possibly fast in a forest environment. My favorite part is that he kills two people in one page. That's yeah, yeah, efficiency. Yeah. It's good times. Yeah, the hunters are walking through. One of them hits a tripwire and gets some spikes to the chest. Another one gets hit in the neck by a spear. I like how when he goes into the river after this, which you'll yeah. get into, he doesn't care. Well, you know, Dredd, yeah, Dredd goes to hide. He goes to a nearby water feature and jumps in the lake. When he does, oh, it's full of piranhas. Grunt on a bike. I it's mean, just you know. He just grabs them. He's got a handful of piranha every yeah. time. Well, you know, he's pretty, like, I feel like, you know, he's still wearing his judge uh, uh, uniform for the most part, you know? Mm. And while I don't think it's fully bulletproof, I wouldn't, have, I, I, I would be willing to believe that it's got some proof against, like, uh, like cuts and, 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 like, scrapes and stuff like that. I mean, one of them definitely bites his chin. Well, yeah, listen, like that's the strongest part of the Dread Fox. Come on. <laughs> Hit the weak point for massive damage. Is that what yeah, you're saying? It's the opposite. That's the part that's on the other side of that, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> the, the remaining hunters spot Dread sitting on a riverbank and shoot him, but it's just a dummy wearing a shirt. The real Dread oh my God. swoops in Tarzan style, his face in shadow, and kicks them both into the water, and they're eaten by the deadly fish. Oh my God, and now time for my best, or the best joke in the entire comic. Yeah, finally some, some more judges run in. Um, this thing was all a setup, apparently, that they were going to track Dread to find these hunters, but his, tra his tracker broke, so they've just been raiding mansions up and down the street to find him. This is the 17th one they burst into, <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty good. And, you know, anyway, it was a fun party while it lasted. There was a buffet and everything. Yeah! Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> the fish are eating them. That's right. All right, next up. It's the first time on Dread for artist Jeff Anderson, and this uh, story is called Naval Maneuvers. Never be a butthole cultist. 
Mm. Dreads called out to the monastery of the Brothers of the Unseeing Eye, where these monks have taken a vow of silence and blindness and spend their days <laughs> contemplating the great navel. So all they've got are ears. Mm-hmm. Dread arrives at the monastery and we just go full slapstick as a bunch of silent blind guys try to give him directions and explain what's going on. They're quite bad at it. Just a lot of like, where's the trouble and everybody pointing in different directions and stuff like that. God, it feels um, so Hanna-Barbera. It's pretty good. Dread eventually, though, does find the problem. One of the monks has fallen into the Great Naval and is stuck. But is kind of like his whole plan is to have the thing cut open, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Listen, Dread doesn't care about this stuff. Um, he calls in the med squad and there's just nothing to be done to get this guy out of the naval. They're going to have to cut it, cut him out of it. And this makes the monks freak out, but it's just got to be done. I mean, you can't, you just can't die in this belly button, dude. The saw strikes and a hush falls over the monks. I guess more so. You know, they're always quiet, but now they're like real quiet. And once the navel is destroyed, these monks are pissed. <laughs> oh, God, I when guess the world's going to end, right? Yeah, they've been told that when the navel was destroyed, the world was end. But, buddy, it ain't happening. And as always, when these things occur with cults, the whole monastery breaks into a riot and Dred's pretty stoked, gets out his day stick. It's time to crack some heads. I I, <laughs> I love how quickly it's like, oh, shit, this shit wasn't wasted at all. I get to break out my day stick. Yeah, he's like, this wasn't a wasted trip after all, you know, <laughs> finally. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, next up, Jose Ortiz, Jose Ortiz on on art. Not quite the final thing he'll do in 2000 AD, but, but we're getting towards that. And I believe but this look is at his great. only great. Oh yeah, no, he's awesome for sure. I think you you'll remember Ortiz from uh from that horse story with a uh, rogue trooper when he was going after mm. that uh was going after those eggs, you know. Um, anyway, <laughs> a caped figure walks the streets of Mega City One, remembering the cobbled streets of London. He then remembers being pulled through time with a rainbow flash and a fancy scientist guy saying has used time travel to bring Jack the Ripper to the future. Hey, I'm going to zap you with this electro knife. Yeah, Don't well, get it from me. As always with uh, Jack the Ripper, you know, he immediately t- takes this guy's laser scalpel and stabs him to death. Good times. And then he wanders the city, killing as he goes. Killing as you go. Killing as you go. <laughs> Soon, Dred's on the case. He follows a trail of blood back to the lab and finds a journal explaining the situation. The judges track the Ripper as the man himself is just sort of delirious. He's got a lot of future shock going on here. <laughs> future shock. Yeah. He flees the judges, but that's not how Judge Dredd rolls or any of these judges. Judge Lusk, and, our, and uh, just so you know, Fox... Uh, a guy named Lusk was a player in the Rippers in, in the Ripper murders. He was oh. the guy that that the letters that the Rippers sent in um, were, were were mailed to this guy named Lusk. Really? Yeah. Uh. But so Judge Lusk gets the Ripper with a leg shot, and Ripper climbs a tank. But this chem, but uh, his his uh, his laser scalpel near the chem tank sets it off. It's a huge explosion. Oh my god, I'm suddenly burning and none of you will ever know who I am! Huge explosion, the Rippers died and his body is destroyed by the flames. I guess we'll never know who he was, but we do know why he stopped killing. Uh, because we pulled him into the future and he died by death of fire. 
Happens more often than you'd think. Bah, bah, bah. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, the Jack the Ripper explanation from from Hell, just because it's got Freemasons. I always appreciate that. Um, oh my God! Right. I don't know if if you have a fave one, Fox, a, a fave a Jack the Ripper explanation. Uh, my favorite Jack the Ripper explanation is that he is a reptilian who was planted in the past. <laughs> You fucking would. All right, final work from the prog here, but uh, or it's the uh, it's the last it's the last work in 2000 AD for Kim Raymond in our final uh, story here. You'll He's remember... so ripped. Judge You'll... Shred is so ripped. Yeah, in listen. this entire thing, he's more muscle than man. Yeah, he's a huge dude. But you know, you'll you might remember Kim Raymond from uh, from City of the Damned and the Judge mm. Decker storyline and that stuff. Um, this time, oh shit! He did Decker too. Yeah. All right. Anyway, at the Rowdy Ye- Yates Conapt Fox, Judge Dredd's door is kicked in, and he's arrested in his pajamas and helmet. It's the SJS. Weirdly, none of the people who tend his apartment are normally there. No, no. Listen, um, Maria and like Dredd parted from Maria and Walter in the aftermath of the Apocalypse War, I believe. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. After uh, Destiny's Angel. That's right. It was just too dangerous. After Maria got, got kidnapped by Mean Machine That's and right. stuff. Conrad has all of the historical knowledge. They're doing... They're, they're, they're on... He's on his own. Um, anyway... They uh they they find some credits in his in in, in like one of his cabinets. He's taken away what Justice a Central. thousand credits. Not as Listen, much you think. Yeah, a hundred thousand. Like really, they ain't no judge gonna turn for a hundred thousand credits. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Who knows how it goes, buddy? Oh, excuse me. Oh, Jesus. That was no. That, that was, was the honor. That's that's staying in. Okay, I was gonna redo it. No, I'm not. Okay. No, well, um, no, don't. No, oh no, I feel at bad. Justice Central. They beat him up, make him vomit, strip him, and Judge De Gaulle from that Executioner story, um, right? You know, from like the two nineties Fox back in nineteen eighty two. Finally, gets her revenge on Dread for interrogating her by just putting on that rubber glove and doing some close up examination. That's so how. That's all right. I gotta calm down. <laughs> I I gotta say, she's looking awesome. Love mm-hmm. her hair, blowing back. Looks like fire. How is she getting her her comeuppance? She's gonna reach in Drev, Judge Dredd's ass. Go see if he has any contraband up in that. Yeah, bad times. Um, Not so well. Dredd, listen, <laughs> uh, listen again. There's a, like I'm next. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dredd under heavy interrogation, complete with electroshock, and SAS Judge Spiegel demands that Dredd confess his crimes, but Dredd refuses. He wonders if like this, if he, the SAS are doing a coup or something, and if they are, just kill him. After several hours, Dredd passes out under investigation, and the SJS, gen, SJS men send him home, along with his chit, for successfully passing the random psycho, uh, physical abuse test. My, my absolute favorite part of this is he just writes it up and instead of like doing any sort of formal document just throws it on his chest yeah you're good just to go. throws it he's like whatever i mean presumably he's got an, an administrative carbon or something like that but indeed um, no it's it's just a piece of paper yeah. i'm not even kidding it's the gesture of just like fuck it yeah. like we're sjs this is what we do and you can eat a dick in the same way 
that Judge Dredd just is like, no, fuck it. That's just what I do. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Judge Dredd for me this week. It was bookended, man. I want a movie. And then also, you know, I mean, if some, you're going to if you're going to get someone to stuff. reach up, yeah. if you're going to get someone to reach up your ass and then throw a ticket on your chest to say, like, no, you're clear, clear bill of health. I, I love like it. The, I just like the long term revenge going on here. Like, that's pretty awesome. Just to bring that. I, I love when characters come back because I do have these memories. And so I'm glad to see them. Right. Called around. And yeah, next time I judge Dread, blood donor. What happens then, Conrad? Well, speaking of uh, willing and unwilling blood donations, Fox, we go to non-thrills, covers, and nerve center. No, because yeah. it's not quite Darren Quinch yet. Mm-mm. Prog 515, love at first bite. There's something seriously wrong with Durham Red on this cover. Uh, for me, it's Un- just that it's a Strong Team Dog cover by Steve Dillon. And I love Steve Dillon, but, you know, a scare only for Strong Team Dog. Please. Genau. As they say in German. Mm. In the uh, in the nerve center, Tharg is getting hi- is getting us hyped for, for 520. I'm at maximum hype. We learn Tharg's dark secret, which is that he's a vampire. And we see a Ronald Rogue gun, which I find offensive. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does he do Star Wars? Ooh. Letters include a longtime fan of flesh reminiscing about old thrills like Blackhawk and Meltdown Man. A new reader from 500 onwards has amassed a pretty pretty good 2080 collection. Reader tries to get annual money out of Tharg. No dice. And a reader saw Tharg at the Carlisle Fun Fair. Hooray! That's nuts that someone who wrote in remembers meltdown <laughs> i remember meltdown man i'm stoked. no i mean we do we we're going through sequentially yeah that means by but choice I mean, hey the, but this guy's but, going you know, sequentially too just year well, you know, day by day <laughs> i'm i'm just saying that that man serves a tip of the hat yeah hey he, he got five pounds i don't know what else you want you know all, um, all i guess i'm saying is milady mm. um <laughs> Also, at the end of the prog here, we, uh, we're still seeing these uh, this run of classic covers, this time from 1979, including prog 100, 106, which is a uh, – and those are both RoboHunter covers, 132, which is Mick McMahon's uh, Deadlock, uh, killing some dude on uh, riding a bike, and 134, the classic Judge Dredd Eagle cover by Brian Bolland. We're not quite at my favorite, which comes from 517 for 240. Nice. But- All right. <laughs> Five five sixteen. You're dead, Kano. Thrax is oh, talking shit. Awesome. It's Brett Ewan's cover. <laughs> I love that. I love that he's purple. Mm, he's an oddly. I mean, everybody's almost everybody's oddly colored in uh in Bad Company. I mean, I guess you Danny and be. Mac and Malcolm aren't, but like Kano and Thrax definitely are weirdly colored. In the nerve center, Thar gives us the bad news. The price of the prog is up two pence. Two, two twenty-eight pence. Boom. Oh my god, I don't just have twenty-eight pence to throw around. You gotta as we go back in time, but we're not going back in time, right, Conrad? We're gotta not raise your bill, me. buddy. 
raise your uh, get some more pocket money from your parents. Or raise something. my profile. Yeah, two year old Fox has got to start working for a living to pay for these comics. God damn. <laughs> okay. There's a Tharg Satanus uh, robot mashup picture, and Dread's Dark Secret is his toupee. Oh my god! There's so many layers. Yeah, letters require. Uh, Letters include someone forswearing other magazines for 2000 AD, a request for more mean team, which is coming in Prague 525. Thank God. And a request of a reprint of The Judge Child, which is check out the collection. Hey, then, why not? Yeah, we are seeing constant DR and Quinch ads, like you said, Fox, just trying to get letters for this agony page coming up. Um, on the page for the Dragonlance stuff, there's also an ad for Time of the Twins, which was the fourth of like a billion Dragonlance novels. Um, and <laughs> I think these ones are actually before they had the D&D license because it just says Dragonlance, not like Dungeons and Dragons, Dragon, Dragonlance or anything like that, you know. Uh, anyway, nerdiness. The prog ends with covers from 1980, including King's Reach Tower taken off in 176, a perp going to pieces in 173 from the Judge Child. Dread meeting primitive aliens in 163 and Terror Tube premiering in 167. Oh, uh, yeah, Doc. Yeah, 517. Justice wears many faces in this cover of Three Headed Dread by Brendan McCarthy. It's awesome, I feel like. Yeah, very kind like of Like, if I had done Judge all of Dredd. this in highlighter pen and some, <laughs> some acrylic. Like it's it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't nice. so plastic. Mm. I mean, that's sort of the. I mean, that that is um, part of McCarthy's art style. I think is this right? Sort of, especially he in color, makes it, it feel real as hell. Yeah. In the nerve center, Tharg declares that the uh, Glen Fabry brought refurbished and ready to finish up the slain story, and welcomes Ho- Ho- Jose Ortiz back to the, back to Dread. There's a picture of Strontium Dogbrain and Tharg Cooper. Oh, welcome to my nutmeg. Um, <laughs> letters ask how Thar gets ideas as a fellow traveler of the Vegetable Liberation Front from Ulysses Suite. Some questions about whether the Bellardinelli droid needed a 10-year tune-up and some re- relief that Dread is a decent replacement for Wolf. We end with covers for 1981, Max Normal in polka dot undies and two My babe! Yes, my babe. What up? Undies. Yeah, I will say, Fox, something I look forward to a billion years from now. Um, as we're recording this in the prog, there's a series on uh, Max Normal's backstory, like young Max Normal, how he became the man we know him to be in the future and stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, well, ain't no all- polka dots. He's the pinstripe boy. Yeah, but maybe he's got under, you know, it's his underwear, so the underwear could be polka dotted, you know, and then the stripes are Doesn't outside. Have to be. No, hmm. no. Don't. You'll see the uh, the GI skulls from Prog no. 241, Torquemada looking real cool in 222, and a frozen perp from Prog 210. Oh. Finally, Prog 518, it's the king's new clothes, and this is Glenn Fabry cover. It's slain. He's not even wearing a smile. It's his sweet butt that we're all looking at. It's nice That's butt right. cheeks. Yeah. In the nerve center. Tharg warns readers with the last names Q, U, or Z that the thrills in Prague 520 might blow them away. Oh my god. There's a pic of Judge M- M- Max Headroom and some th- <laughs> some Torquemada and Nemesis uh, Mr. Men from those kids' books. What's what's nuts is that Matt's, Max Headroom existed <laughs> during this time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember man. Max Headroom. Both Listen. the show and the vignette and the movie, Diane? Right? Wasn't in a. I forget if it was a Max Hedger movie. I don't know. Um, I will say not, that, listen, not a specific movie. He was just tied into a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. I feel like he showed up in a bunch of things for sure. I just remember for, for like Coke commercials. He was big for the new Coke and all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Crystal, no? Uh, no, no. This, this was before that. Um, this was just when there was new Coke. Like they changed the uh, the formula or whatever. Anyway, but listen, Fox. Didn't listen, they make it clear? They they also did like well, a crystal, like a Coke. like a crystal Pepsi and Coke clear. They they did that too, but that mm. was different. But you know, I mean, we're, we're gonna see as we go into the future more and more pop culture stuff that we recognize from our lives. You know, it's just sort of the, the nature of the beast. I do love Max Headroom. Yeah, it's fun. Um, Max Headroom. Letters call out the feet cameo we saw in the early days of the dead, a request for more TV advertising for 2000 AD, signing up for Bad Company, and some jokes about the element strontium, I guess. And then we get a final round of covers at the end of this Prague from 1982. The apocalypse begins with the push of a button in Prague 245. Mean Machine is hijacking the place in Prague 254. Uh, Sam Slade is back in Britsit in 259, and Harry 20 arrives in the High Rock in 287. Wait, what? Yeah, what? Oh, sorry. I thought you said in a future prog. No, in, actually, in 287. It's... it's the cover from when he, from when he was there. I just, I just want more Harry on the High Rock. Is that so nah, bad? Remember when he went to the planet? I do remember when that he guy took his face stuff. off and there was a robot underneath. That was pretty excellent. That was fucked up. Yeah. And hey, speaking of things that are fucked up, Fox. Oh. Three or four, the dead. It's pretty fucked up, Conrad. It's not, <laughs> uh... Yeah. Uh, script robot Peter Milligan, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, letting robot Steve Potter. You know, when a, when a bat bro shows me his sweet-ass art and is like, what do you think of this? The first thing that I wouldn't do is just straight-up destroy it, but I guess... What, yeah, you're a better person than Flood, buddy. Flood's not a good guy. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, he's the Flood. Yeah. Do you get is... it? Because biblical Ooh. reference? Whoa. I know. I just blew your mind, man. Did a little just bit. blew your mind. He's yeah, Flood's also an immortal future human. He's died and is trying to find a way to fight the demons that have conquered the lands of the dead when sentient life forms stop dying regularly. It's the problem of, of immortality. Um, Flood's talking... Yeah, the people that leave their own dead spheres, spheres to fight the demons are called Limbo Wraiths. And Flood is talking to a Limbo Wraith called Armand, who's this bird dude with a crew cut. And he tells Flood... That becoming a limbo wraith increases your power, but means you can't go to your own species afterlife or, you know, a.k.a. dead spear. Do you know what I don't like about what's happened since we last spoke about this? What's that? The Dragon Ball Z-esque elements that are permeating the entirety of what I love. Yes, well, I mean, the afterlife itself, I mean, even last time did have this J Dragon Ball Z element where there is a lot I'm of not saying it didn't. wandering around the afterlife, etc., you know, running on giant dragon pathways, I, things like that. <clears throat> but I am saying that the things that they talked about 
had to give me pause to leave the room because they were uncomfortable things. Uh, because they were difficult subjects for me to deal with. But in this Listen, one, it's like, nah, man, I'm just going to enslave a race of yeah, weirdos want, to deal with my things because like they're on our way to it, you know? <laughs> nah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So instead, the Limbo Wraiths just sort of travel alien spheres feeding on demons. They are the Desolation Angels. Oh, man, I'm so sad. I got to eat all these demons. I mean, I love Desolation Angels as a name, although it is the uh, uh, a Jack Kerouac <laughs> novel about becoming disillusioned with Buddhism while working at a fire watch at Desolation Peak. Those goddamn beatniks. Um, or a really great name for a series of magicians who work under a singular person known as Chris Angel. Whoa. I know, I just blew your mind. I'm so sorry. Anyhow, Flood is pissed about this situation and about being related to Chris Angel in any way. And he is the Chris Angel of Demon. Uh, sorry, he is the Chris Angel of uh, um, Christian Bale characters. Whoa. Oh, uh, we got to move on. <laughs> Next. He's- He's also really pissed at a root. This last last human to die that was left root? in place, just for like making from him that... leave All right. leave the uh, leave the human sphere to sort of figure this stuff out. We learn that Limbo Wraiths can make their own mind palaces and stuff. And Flood breaks Armand's cool sculpture, as we mentioned earlier. And it's especially rough because Armand's people love art, like to the point that they stopped reproducing and did art instead. Oh. Forever. Yeah. It's time to go nuts, so they start demon hunting. Flood lets himself get swamped, and we get a real Yoda, like, you must learn control kind of situation. But then he kind of doesn't, as far as I can tell. It's true. Time passes, and soon Flood's melancholy has taken over Armand's world with some really awesome Bellardinelli psychedelic landscapes, real good, upside-down mountains and stuff. No, he... Yeah, exactly. Armand built his own house... He's like, I like this house. I built it for myself. And then he just came in and was like, no, but it's not. It's basically, yeah, when some your guy house. says he like, asks to like stay on your couch for a week. And then like three months later, he's like starting to put up pictures in the living room and stuff. It's like, okay, buddy, like you got to you got to get out of here. <laughs> I really respect you, Conrad. Um, so anyhow, um, Flood has questions for Armand. He's been thinking. Is it possible for there to be copies of a race on different planet and planets? Yes, and but so, not humans. Yeah. Could a copy cross over to a similar race as No, but not humans. Yeah. Armand says yes, <laughs> but indeed no humans. But that doesn't matter. Um, so but it does stupid. give Flood an idea for a plan. He's gonna go he's gonna do some tests and go back to Earth, though he doesn't seem very stoked about it. Yeah, because there isn't a, a It's like guys, hey, there copy civilizations. Yes. For me, no. Yeah. Great. <laughs> but he does have a plan, basically. Flood's plan yeah, is just of course. grab some aliens to another world, lead them to Earth, and then have them wipe out the demons in the human dead sphere. Because he can't fight himself, so he needs an army to do it instead. And then when they need to go back, they could go back to the not where they're from sphere. But a world where there, to where there are doubles of these three-headed guys. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. But hey, it's fine because it at least you're in double heaven so whatever 
Yeah, flood. I mean, I just want to eat demons all day. That doesn't seem so bad. (laughs) Flood heads to a world of three-headed dudes and basically just press gains a whole bunch of them into his service. Their mental energy is no match for his, and soon Flood just leaves a place with seven cages full of three-headed dudes. Right! So he leaves with boxes! Yeah, in a box train, chock chock full of uh, slaves. He's just stolen from these people. Essentially, he uh, takes them beyond their death, their own dead sphere, and makes them limbo wraiths. And then proceeds to train them to become mighty warriors. Again, sort of dog style, like feeding and starving them, making them kill, making them a kill crazy army of demon hunters. What up, Lucifer? It must be so cool that the dear Lucifer surrogate, so great. Soon they're heading back to Earth. Root appears and thanks Flood for his helping his beloved human race. That's not why he's doing it. He just had nothing better to do. So, the wraiths have all arrived on Earth. Armand will lead the troops into the Earth Dead Zone, where they have a massive battle to clear up the demons in a uh, full-scale battle page scene that's really awesome. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Meanwhile, Flood arrives to meet Root, and Root tries to empathize with Flood. Like, he, can, he can't but go to he, the dead zone of humans either and stuff like he that. He just backhands him. Yeah, Flood's pretty angry and just uh, slaps the shit out of Root and returns to his living body, arriving seconds after it landed in the first episode of the story, when, they, when the uh, leaders of the Earth threw him out the window. Hey, nah, dog, even though I was thrown out the window, you don't have to beat me Club intensely with this dumb death. thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> he explains the situation. Um, he explains the situation to the leaders of of the human race that even though the dead zone is being cleared of demons, Earth is still infected, so he has to build an army here too. And unrelated, uh, we need some new dead people to keep all this stuff from happening again. And he proposes that this leadership council that killed him previously should be among the first to go. Hey, why not? But also, you kind of don't get to choose. Nope. He kills them with his eyes. Very cool. He's saying, all fall down as they die, which is a reference. I um, like. I don't know if Ring Around the Rose is actually a reference to like the plague and the London fire. It is. I, well, yeah. uh, sorry. Or I, the plague I believe it's more of a reference to the plague. Yeah. So, you know, good reference just to we talked earlier about the London fire being to clear out the plague, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he kills him with his, yeah, and then walks off to do his business as Root calls him a murderer and floods like, hey, whatever, I'm only human. Well, I'll think about it. You know, my least favorite part of the plague was, was how we all grew about eight to ten attachments coming out of our head as tendrils little that's what that's just about us being end. a mortal fox come on you know, we got our our, our tubes <laughs> to get our uh, our immortality juices jammed back into us you know is that what it is comrade that's right my favorite part of the plague was this new uh video game at um uh gastro wait astro glaster that i'm playing a lot of oh my god i what's love it being called fuck master blaster no Math Blaster, the one where you have to do division and the other part of that. <laughs> no, it's uh, sorry. Yeah, it's 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 Astrologaster, which is about um, astrology and the Black Plague and um, the mundanity of life. It's pretty good um, on the App Store. Sounds Steve. like Graveyard Keeper. Kind Enjoy. Of. Yeah. Anyway. 
On Earth, Flood lays down the situation and takes volunteers to fight the demons. Um, and soon is flooded with converts. They spread around the globe and take these demons out. Things are going real good. Soon the demons are all destroyed and they're just carrying Flood around on his shoulders because he's a big hero. He makes a speech and says now is the time for creating, for building. It'll take years to rebuild what the aliens, what the demons have destroyed and humanity must learn from its mistake. Life is more important than living. And to that end, when Flood leaves the world, which he's going to do very soon, everybody that signed up with him will die. So great. I'm so glad he said that to people. He's a great guy. Great candidate. Vote, vote for, vote for Greg. Hey, can you get closer to your mic, Fox? The reason I was far enough away. Yeah. It's because of how upset I was at the fact that uh, just not telling people yeah. that they're just going to die at the end of what you do. Yeah, no, real shitty for sure. Plausible strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, anyway, listen, this will let these dead guys police the demons in the lands of the dead. And, but yeah, like you said, this is a pretty big, um, thing to spring on people at the last minute. Next time on the dead, goodbye to all that. Don't know how, uh, yeah. Yeah. Loving, loving the art on this, a lot less loving where it's going conrad it's, re- it's real bleak for sure absolutely i even even with the bleakness uh what i loved about the first one was the unknowing yeah no way less creepy um, and stuff like that now. yeah yeah like the creepy i think that that is a great way of explaining it like what mm-hmm. i loved about flood going through these planes of existence was there was no way to comprehend these things or Mm -hmm. what his purpose was or what he was supposed to do or how and that was kind of the point and i know Mm -hmm. that this has to be a story and there has to be a conclusion whatever that's to wrap around everything about the character no, I know what you mean. I mean, I feel like I've, 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 I've like read or watched stories where, yeah, once things start getting explained, you kind of know why they're happening. It loses a lot of its luster, for sure. You know, My the fun parts, part the, was... uh, the questioning part. <laughs> well, exactly. My favorite part is that I never wanted to know why flood or why this or why that. Yeah. Well, we still have one more dead so um, left, so maybe that it'll, it'll redeem it, it, itself for you then. But we'll see. Mm, I'm not hopeful. Yeah. And speaking of of uh, characters with questionable leadership qu- uh, qualifications, Fox. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Thrill five slain. What? He's got the most. He's the most qualified. <laughs> I'm I'm saying that I feel like he's the right man for the job, but I also feel like as we talked about with uh, with Aniev, uh like maybe not the best qualified just on, on the face of it. Like his resume isn't great, but he can do the job, you know? You know what? <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta take a risk yeah. with a man who's drinking out of a skull cup. Sure. Uh, Skip robot for Slain, Pat Mills, Art robot Glenn Fabry, Lenny robot Steve Potter. We're back with Slain! 
Hey, if you thought he was bad, I guess a guy who's willing to take a a horn of maiden's tears and say, "Hey, that's that's what we should collect." You know who the bad guy is. Yeah, listen, someone doesn't look like a human. I'm not saying Slain's the bad guy. Tears. Give me a break. No, so he's Slane, he's Slain's the hot bro. Yeah, so Slain is uh, coming back after leaving us at. Uh, returning from Prague 508. Um, he's having a feast to celebrate being chosen as the new king, and Slade is unimpressed by everyone's surrender to the Fomorians. Only uh, Niav fought against them, though Slane is, again, reluctant to reconnect with her just because he remembers her him, her knee and him in the balls a couple hours ago. Um, <laughs> suddenly, a bunch of Fomorians show up, and they demand ladies of the village's slaves, and everybody just gives up to them. The women are put in chains as the Fomorians as the Fomorians gather their tears in collecting horns because they're just super evil. Uh, Slain though is not standing for this. He goes up to the Fomorian leader, reaches down his mouth, and pulls out his heart. Oh, it's this awesome! Is a, this is the best part. God damn it! It's like oh, you, you took everyone's heart. Give me one sec, and then just gently reaches down the man's throat as i imagine basically arm deep yeah and pulls out the man's throat through his trachea bad times you you don't you don't want to be that guy but you do want to be slain because he's real cool Um, i fucking love it it's so gruesome he then warps out and starts fighting. He inspires the rest of the tribe to fight to uh, join him. I love that this guy's Mongan, uh, Slain's adoptive father. He's like he's got this uh, flat face, and his main weapon is this bladed helmet that gives him deadly headbutts. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the battle goes well. The Fomorians are defeated, and we see Maeve, the sorceress, plotting against our hero. And towards oh, the she's of- she's sexy. But she's not a not a good person. No. And towards the end of this prog, there's a wedding announcement for Slain and the three aspects of the Earth Goddess, which I appreciate. Dude, does, does Slain triple dip? I feel like he's triple dipping here. Well, I mean, we t- I, I, I think we talked about this earlier. I, I just got called on it in, a, in, a, in the uh, spoils of a noon story. But, like, man, the Earth Goddess, she's got three aspects, you know, uh, uh, maiden, wife, and crone that are sort of represent also, like, seasons and periods of a woman's life and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, you know... It really you feels the, like he's hitting one season three times, Conrad. I mean, it's very much a, uh, you know, if you can't handle me at my crone, you don't deserve me at my maiden kind of situation going on here. You know you what? Know. I feel like that's respect. Yeah. Respect the Earth Goddess, buddy. If you don't, you're gonna have a lot of a lot of fucking problems with bad I mean, in the shit, you ain't gonna warp spasm, but also they're probably gonna cut off your head. Mm. So Slain is crowned, and part of the mayor, uh, you know, and which I guess like being crowned, becoming king, part of that job is being married to the Earth Goddess, and also having a psychedelic sexual experience as you as a phoenix, quote unquote. And I will use the real words for this. Please. Entering a fucking, like, white I feel like unicorn. those aren't the exact words, buddy. I, it's a... All right. I don't think there's fucking in there. But whatever. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. 
fuck is not in there, but he yeah. does. Yeah, no. pers- quote that unquote, bird, yeah, no, that pursue, bird does it with that, does it with that unicorn. Pursue Absolutely. a white horse galloping far below him. Yeah, get it. You have got um, to be fucking with me. They did the- this. They did a sex sentence in a child's comic book. I mean, it's for it's getting on towards for teenagers, right? At at, at this point, you know. Sure, you, I'm just st- saying. I'm like, just wh- saying. I'm all for fertility goddesses in my teenage comic books. Definitely, that's all I mean. Yeah. So, in preparation, uh, Slain has his hair dyed brown, r- yellow, and red. His body's <laughs> painted blue. Woad. We see, um, like a paint his butt. Artfully applying it to him, he gets a fomorian and Uko's face painted on his ass for you know various reasons. Yeah, um, sometimes you got to shit, I guess. Yeah, and you want Uko near your butt for that. I mean, because you want to shit on him, I th- I'd, I'd imagine. Um, I'm not gonna shit on my own butt cheek, Conrad. Not. You, who knows how messy it was back in the day. Um, from That's a fair. great cauldron, the Earth goddesses summoned a beautiful woman wrapped in gossamer, and it was eat. the fact they were willing to shoot shit on an on a on a gnome, right? Mm. Um, and the two are wed with mistletoe rings. Slain will rule for seven years and then die. He then has a vision, not unlike the one at a Glastonbury, like like I said, a, a golden eagle or phoenix pursuing a white horse to the sky. The music of the stars, Slain being born and reborn from his own ashes. We see Slain in a new life as an eagle defending his nest from a weasel that's a reborn Ucko. And he sort of chokes, he sort of tries to choke and kill the weasel and that transitions to him choking the real Ucko as well. So, disclaimer. Hmm. Not something you'd necessarily do on certain things. Mm. I like not a normal wedding thing is, is what No, is, what I I saying? just mean you wouldn't you wouldn't choke somebody. Not that I would know. I mean, like but, I guess but he w- but the sentences they're using for certain things, Conrad. Mhm. I'm going to tell you yeah. I have my reservations about these people. <laughs> like like... I, I I've I've made decisions in my life that I am both proud and not proud of. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh and if Slain were all for Prague's this episode, having right. a hard I'd have a hard time. Because the writing was magnificent. Mm. and multifaceted. And yeah, this definitely. Is, this is something that I think is important, right? Yeah, like, the, the way as, Mills... As, descri- as, Go ahead, sorry. Please. No, no, no. Please, please. And I was just going to say that the the way Mills describes like the wedding ceremony and like Slane's, um, Slane's visions and stuff is really like... Um, it, it, it's really in, in, enchanting, I'd say. It's really nice and really like, um, I, you know, gives I you this agree. psychedelic feel and stuff like that. Well, so enchanting is the right word because um, meaning in words, especially when it comes to fiction, especially when it comes to um, I, I don't want to say fantasy, but let's mm-hmm. say uh, fantastical fiction, right? Sure. Story, story-based fiction. You're trying to evoke 
a certain feeling in people, right? There's the base feeling, and then there's the underlying message. What I read through just two of the of the issues that Slane mm-hmm. existed in from reading. Yeah. It was an evocative feeling of like awesome, right? Like I reached into a dude's throat or <laughs> I'm galloping yeah. through the through the stars, right? Like evocative. It's definitely I can very imagine it. Very high and low, like just sort of from right. like sort of low violence to like the, this high, like uh, high concept, like a galloping through the stars kind of stuff for sure. But underneath, there is also someone trying to put the subtext in. I am having sex with someone. Yeah. And that's intense. <laughs> like you can't. There aren't authors who can do both. Hey, that's why Pat Mills is the best, buddy. You know, I'm I'm kind of there. I'm kind of there, which is anyway. I'm yeah, not this, giving yeah. him. I'm not giving Slane the top. This is a reasonable mention of, damn, bro, damn, like, yeah, like, damn. I, 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 I like. I really wish that um, all of these Slane stories had been part of the original like section right after 500. You know, right. Like, right. I, I want to like give would, it the place. Yeah, I I feel like it's just split up by like production deadlines and stuff like that, mm. as opposed to edi- mm. editorial ones. But it it does it it loses a, like like this is I, I I can imagine this being real strong in a graphic novel, and it just loses something by having the gaps in the um in the weekly progs. You know what I mean? And I think we're also talking about the five eighteen image where it's a circular image. Mm-hmm. You know the one I'm talking about. It's slain and the Earth Mother. Yeah, where they where they're forming a circle with their arms. Yeah, I I can't express enough to the readers who are coming along with us who already know what I'm talking about. But if you're not reading, try to get your hands on five eighteen. It's beautiful, and the words yeah. around it are crafted in such a way where I'm so tired of people. Like, I, I say this stuff. I use expletives all the time. Uh-huh. This is an actual person doing artistry and then asking someone who is an artist to do artistry. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's great. <laughs> hey, listen, now we're the next one on the line and, um, and interpreting things artistically because we're cool dudes, buddy. <laughs> I can't help it. I've yeah. been reading a lot of these. Well, at yeah. least 518 of them. 518? That that many at least. <laughs> um, and hey, so, let, so listen, real high point from Slane. Real crazy stuff. Let's cool things out as we go with Thrill 6, Future Shocks. Yay! I love Future Shocks. Whoa. Um, so, Future Shock 1. The Invisible Etchings of Salvador Dali. Oh, that's right. The guy who went nuts. But script not about, nuts. It's complicated. Script about Grant Morrison. Art about John Hink- Hinklinton. Lettering about Clive McGee. Um, some of the only lettering work from Clive McGee here. He didn't do too much. But the real star here is definitely John Hinklinton. Drawing some crazy ass shit with his trademark. Yeah, he's drawing it with his trademark complex u- ugliness. 
complete with uh, disturbing necks and uh, like intricate like detail work on things that you wouldn't expect to be fully detailed. <laughs> I think if you've been listening to us for a while, that anybody who goes in with black pen mm-hmm. and can make something out of that that isn't just shadow, but contrast and fear, especially mm-hmm. with this one. I mean... I do I need to say the last page? You know what I mean. Yeah, the L shape. No, yeah, it's crazy. Um, just to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, like uh, besides um, Hinklinton's work, Grant, Grant Morrison's also doing some some hard work here as a man na- navigates a surreal world complete with uh, raining narwhals, racing comets, newspaper headlines about Pontius Pilate eating sofas, etc. Makes his way through this insane hellscape, dodging creepy zombies and weird butterflies, eventually gaining his goal, the invisible etchings of Salvador Dali. And then it turns out he's a crazy dude in a mental institution. Hey, but we need him for a reason. For to do some kind of mission as they throw open a curtain and reveal that the real world is possibly even more insane than the one he was imagining. But I guess he's our guy. Also, look at this giant black circle yeah. mass that is a thing, and don't step on the cracks or break your mother's back. It's like, terrifying. Don't yeah. send him out there. It seems terrifying. I mean, this this one is really... Um... Really putting Hinklinton on on display. We're gonna see a bunch more of him in the next like year of progs or so. Um, definitely later in '87 and stuff like that. Um, just yeah, I mean we'll talk about it later. But basically, just so you know, Fox, um, he he he's gonna take over Nemesis, and it's gonna be a whole fucking thing. It's gonna be a whole thing. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> if this is, if this will excite me about the whole thing yeah listen fox i mean like i find hinkle to be very divisive like i i really i there's sometimes i like i really like his work and sometimes i'm sort of uh i'm sort of not into it that much i'd I'd rather that because what it means is that it's a style yeah it is he does very much have a style and and, and definitely going to see a lot of it very soon Moving on, next uh, feature shock, Big Trouble for Blast Barclay. Uh, script robot. Barclay? Indeed. Uh, script robot Grant Morrison, art robot Mike White, learning robot Clive McGee. Some of the final work by Mike White here, Fox. He'll return in 1984 for some Armored Gideon, but that's about it. Um, and I'll, I think you and I will re- remember him for doing some great future shocks, a lot of the Tharg stories, and of course, Mean Arena. I have a lot less to say about the art and a lot more to say about the writing. Indeed. This one, I think, Fox, is pretty similar to the Alan Moore Future Shock, the yes! incredible ruse of Rocket Red Glare, right? Right! Yeah. It's like they literally stole from it, but said IRS agent instead. Mm. Yeah, this time, Blast Barclay, Hero of the Spaceways, along with his companion Nadia and buddy, Professor Otto, have been fighting the hamster hordes of Harak for many years. Nah. He's just had a huge victory against them and nah. is uh, getting the key to the city when a guy shows up. Nah. It's DHSS Snooper! Great, we all love paying taxes. Thank you so much for showing up and being a total dick. 
Exactly. Yeah, he's been looking at his UB40 statements and is not pleased. Uh, Red Glare mm. has been drawing supplementary benefits for years. Nadia's been claiming to be single despite living with Red Glare. And uh, Professor Otto's an illegal immigrant. They're all arrested <laughs> and the crowd turns on them, calling them spongers and so forth. Living off the back of the taxpayers. Um, this feels so relevant. It's something, man. Snooper walks off and reveals himself to be Agent Hami of the Hamster Hordes, and the invasion is oh, on. Oh, look, they're going to just come in now because we tossed away those people. Yeah. All right. Future I mean, shock. This, yeah, this one does. I, I feel like they're like, I, for, I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but there have been a couple of these Grant Morrison future shocks that have felt had some similarities to um previous like alan moore future shocks and this one does especially this one really feels i mean it feels i think for you and i both it feels too close i mean it definitely does feel like you know you can really see the evolution of Mm. like listen we're gonna sort of what if dan dare was real you know it's very much in the same way Mm. like as one of those ones where like a superhero gets arrested for like not paying income taxes or something like that as well. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's the damning part of a future shock in my opinion. Is that it reaches backwards and not forwards. Yeah, it's true. Oh, this one does reach back. It does feel so much like the regrettable ruse that it's sort of, that's what I, that's exactly, like exactly my point it's like ah it just loses something all right next up Mm. star warriors hey look it's that guy from rambo yeah script about alan mckenzie art about nick williams letting about clive mcgee um it's the first time in the prog for alan mckenzie he'll soon be joining the editorial team and will be editor of 2080 (coughs) itself in the high 800s sorry Um, let me rephrase yeah it's not it's not uh Rambo, although it does use Sylvester Stallone very obviously. Yeah, it's the guy from Judge Dredd. Um M- Mackenzie created a bunch of stuff that I like, like Luke Kirby especially, and some stuff I'm not that stoked about, like Bradley. Um and yeah. This is a I pretty mean, fun- but it I think- but it really is World War Hulk. Yeah, but I think this is pretty- done by Thor Ragnarok question Something. mark. I think this one's pretty fun, actually. Um it's, 20... I, it's, the, it's the one I like the most. <laughs> it's 2187, Fox, and there's a rebellion on Antares 7, but the Secretary of Technology has a plan, and it's to send a very sophisticated to lone-looking super warrior to the planet to deal with the problem. He quickly conquers the place and then starts rebuilding to get the planet back on its feet. So there's a really funny picture of like Rambo with like a hammer, like, we can do it, you know, get back to work. <laughs> um, he succeeds but soon afterwards just sort of as the plans rebuild he declares himself president and is about to uh secede and then invade the united planets of america well he did win through an authoritarian rule so at yeah. this point i feel like turnabout's fair who's play. going to yeah. oppose him <laughs> luckily the secretary of technology has a plan fox an ultra warrior to take out the super warrior oh great that worked out well before. Serious question, Remember? though, Fox. What happens when the Ultra Warrior gets too big for his britches? Ninja well, Warrior. 
yeah, by then, we'll, but but by the time he 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 gets out of control, we'll already um, be working on completing a hyper warrior. So don't worry about it. And that's you know, endless streams of better and better warriors. We're gonna need a we're gonna need a thesaurus. No, we're gonna need a game show to test several different countries on their ability to be a ninja Ooh. warrior. Yeah, excellent. Um, I w- I will say this this one also. Really, really reminds me of this one episode of The Simpsons where um, they had lizards that came to take out pigeons and they were going to get snakes to take out the lizards and then gorillas to take out the snakes. It's good times. Um, anyway. <laughs> just that was just hypothes- hypotheticals. Um, anyway, next up, it's Fistful of Neurons. Script robot Alex Stewart. Art robot Kev Hopgood as Day Antiques. And letting robot Clive McGee and Old West Town. A sheriff draws on Billy Myers and guns him down. Oh. Billy dies saying that he always wins. And it's revealed that he was stuck in a dream machine and was just snapped out of it by, by Dr. Halliday. But they can't wake Dr. Halliday up because now he's stuck in the fantasy. And Doc Halliday rides off west. So that's. I didn't get it. Because who they were picking up, it looked like they were cradling the guy who was going through the trauma. Yeah, so like basically this guy, uh, uh, Myers, went in some kind of uh, dream machine, got stuck. But he was in a dream, so you know he, he's like a gunfighter that always wins because he's in a dream, obviously, all that stuff. So they sent in a dude kind of like... Um, like like that doctor guy in Total Recall that tries to pull out Ar- Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and the way he pulls Billy out is by gunning him down in a saloon, basically. And so Billy dies uh. and wakes up, and he's like, "Oh, but what what happened?" But then the guy that was sent in there to save him is now stuck in this in the simulation himself. Sometimes doctors take an oath mm. to no harm. <laughs> And right off into the sunset. Yeah, I like this one a lot just because I'm, I'm I'm watching Westworld right now, so I'm into some uh, reality I've, bending cowboy stuff. I've only watched season one. Is season two worth it? I, I'm still watching season one. Um, Final Future Shock Fox, Alien Zapper, script about Alex uh. Stewart, art about Kev Hopgood, letter about Clive McGee. Just a quick one here. Kid buys a new video game called Alien Zapper, and then the game zaps him. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. And with that fox, <laughs> uh, we finished the th- we finished the thrills. No, Conrad, it's so easy. March and April nineteen eighty seven. Prog's five one five to five one eight. Serious question for you, Fox. What were your top and bottom thrills? It's so easy. Lay them on me. Top or bottom? Let's see. Bottom. Yeah. Let's bottom. go for bottom first. Tell me. The dead. Mm. I know. I know where I was. I know who I was last weekend, my lovelies. But here's yeah, like here's the problem. Week. Uh, well, we kind of went through this, so yeah. I don't. I don't want to tread bit, too much. Sure. Too much retread territory. But my my biggest problem is is the change of not. Not writing necessarily, but um, just how how plot. the story's going. Yeah, yeah. plot. Um, 
where the story was going last time, I couldn't have told you. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the point is a man who became immortal and had to fix a problem maybe should have never have known or maybe should have never have been able to know in some way that we could not comprehend. Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't make a good comic book. Maybe. Hmm. I don't, yeah. um, so I it's, like, it's, it's yeah. hard for me to argue both. But what I'll tell you is where it went, I didn't like. Whereas last week, when you and I spoke, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it because it was confusing, because it was terrifying. I had to stop several times just because I was like, oh, this is so weird. Mm -hmm. Not just in the way it looked, in the way it spoke to me. But just in the way that it it made me afraid of things. Wow, yeah. Now it's kind of like, oh, I have a a, a goal and a thing and I have to do this. I knew yeah. he had to get rid of demons. But when you die, maybe it's not about that anymore. Hmm. And they weren't really willing to explore the that's gone yeah now you're here kind of construct that i thought they were going for sure so that's my bottom in terms of what i i guess i just expected something different yeah i mean it, it i shouldn't have it's like, not it's fair a, it's a really quick story it kind of gets in and out you know so it's it's hard to get too like to get too mind bending, I guess at some point you have to sort of start saying what's going on and kind of get to a conclusion in the plot and stuff like that. But I, I definitely know, I, I definitely understand what you mean that what we liked about it was the mystery, like the mysteriousness, I guess, or just sort of the, what the hell is going on here kind of stuff. And for that to now have, have left this comics is, um, is a, makes it lose something. And now it just kind of becomes a little bit more mundane or something like that. I'm okay with not, understanding yeah that's all i'm For okay sure. with that <laughs> moving on yeah. strontium dog motherfucker the kiss <laughs> the kiss was the shit 518 baby that that exactly i'm not even talking about the murders i'm not even talking about the hunt <laughs> uh uh durham red yeah. Uh, you might you might boo call me hashtag making out behind dead cattle <laughs> yeah I mean that's all I gotta say like I, I I've been talking to somebody who who has been reading this comic uh, since 1978 maybe 1979 and he has been waiting for me to get to this point really i'm not even kidding he's like it's a it's a pivotal point not just in that you're being introduced to a character who is obviously very sexually charged sure throw that shit out the window but with johnny 
you haven't seen him as a character who is a Casanova. Yeah. He's not just kissing everybody. And he's not kissing her for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not so, like part of a pl- of a ploy or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so why? And I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. And that right there is what we call a plot thread. Yeah, but it's like a sure. ooh, ooh. I want to unravel this a little bit. I'm going to see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's. It, I it, it, know yeah. that both characters have issues, have history, not with each other necessarily but have history i know of one of them and i also know at least with a small google search not reading anything just looking at pictures durham red has a little bit of history boys yeah boys and ladies or at least a future yeah (laughs) i mean she's got some uh, well so i never i never expect anything out of 2000 AD that's necessarily future it might be the past well yeah whatever you but, but i mean i mean i mean a future in the progs that's what i'm trying to say but like but it's, I, a, it's not a one-off I, character what i will say conrad is that no one with that kind of art talent does anything where it's like oh yeah 40 years before where she was done no no you know it's okay. it's it's very well done and very clearly in the now yeah or maybe not. Or maybe not. We'll I don't see. know. I don't we'll know. But I love it. I, I love nice. it. It's yeah. it's the thing about Strontium Dog that I love. I don't know. I know where Judge Dredd's going. He's not going to die anytime soon. You want to know why? Because they still have Judge Dredd in the fucking name. I didn't know about Strontium Dog. All right. Until you told me. And this was a, a moment where I felt like, you know, Johnny may have grown out of some self-confidence of just, he's not somebody who does this often, but when he does it, it means something. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, it's, I mean, two billion credit lips. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's something that we've only really started to see in Rage, um, I think, between that and especially, like, his relationship with, like, Ma Froggett, um mm. right after oh, Rage. Oh, yeah. Right? Which was so sweet. But this this growth of, of, of Johnny Alpha and making him have a little bit more, like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, uh, making him a sexual, I don't know if, if saying that, that he's sexual, a sexual no. being is the right term. No, but, at least but I think like, that he has been so profoundly asexual. He has been so profoundly a tool. And now I am seeing Johnny as a person Mm. in the first time, right? Like, not just as someone who's like, oh, I can just kiss somebody. Right now, he's a person. Yeah. There's no reason for what he did. But there was tension. And they're like, we like, yeah, we were joking. Will they, won't they? They did. Did it stop me from wanting to know what happens next? No. Yeah. And that's, I think, character arc. Oh, for sure. However, Conrad. Yeah. You've heard my bullshit. (laughs) 
Do you know what I? Do you know what? Do you know what bullshit I love? Hey, Conrad. Yeah. Just real secret. Just between you and me, and not between all these other people. What are your top and bottom thrills, baby? Yeah, buddy. Get real deep on this one. I'm uh, getting real deep. For my top, um, I think I think I will join you with Strong Team Dog. I'm really liking it. Um, Woo! Just all the action with the stampede and stuff was really great. I like when they flipped the boat and just sort of I like this sort of long running like put upon um, like a rivalry they're having with the other Strontium dogs. Reagan remains really funny, um, and yeah, and this burgeoning relationship between Red and Johnny is really interesting. Um, you know what I don't like is all your use of facts for all of this. Listen, we come at it from different <laughs> different directions, buddy. That's how it goes, you know. I can't. I can't be drunk. Use American you know? politics against you. I, I love you. I love you so much. I love you. Anyway, I think. And for my bottom, uh, I'm tempted. Like I don't know. Please say the dead. It's disappointing. Uh, like, all right, don't let yeah, me influence no, I, you. I will say the dead. I just, you know, it's it, it's okay. But like you said, it has lost a lot of its mystique. I want to, like, it doesn't need it, but I'm going to sort of, like, near to it, I'm also going to say um, uh, Bad Company a little bit, just because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the multiple teasings of the What's in the Box. Like, right. We, we, we've now ended two episodes of Space Spinner 2000 <laughs> on a cliffhanger of What's in the Box, you know? And so, you know, we're, we're going to find out next episode. I can assure you of that. But the fact so, that, that, all right. The fact I'm, that, 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 that they've done it is sort of like, okay, guys, like, you can know, do me a favor, Conrad. It's one thing to tell. It's one thing to like ro- roll out. It's nothing to like take advantage of me and take this long to do it. You know, Conrad. You know what? Yeah. You're not going to ruin anything for me. Going to read it after this podcast. No one else will hear it. You tell me what's in the box. Okay. We'll do. Oh shit. I don't care. Um, That's I mean, right. it's 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 gonna be the first issue you read next week anyway. Um, I know yeah. exactly. And, and yeah, so that's yeah, and so yeah, so that's me. Top strontium dog, bad. Uh, bottom the dead with a little bit of uh, a bad company in there. I I feel like that's the salsa of the whole thing. Mm. Bad company left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Oh my god! All right, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. You know. <laughs> Fox indulging a little bit makes these ones long and getting real deep into some crazy into some dark waters here. Um, as always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. On 2080 forums or our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages on Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. Everything else is spacespinner2000. We should be there. Oh, God. Check us Check us out next Thursday, three days from now, as we get back to our regular posting schedule and we're checking out the 1987 sci-fi special. I'll be joined oh. by Alex by Alex F. from the Heroes of 2080 blog. And it's got Heroes an apoca- of 2000. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's got a, a, an apocalyptic dread story, some classic Strontium dog, and a nemesis, the warlock photo strip. Be afraid. Oh, I'm so afraid, Karen. Please hold me. 
Whoa. Then come back next time as Slain is crowned. Judge Anderson is back on the case. The hit is on for Rogue Trooper. Torquemada is God. It's bedtime for Ronnie. And Dread rematches with his first foe. Who's his first foe? That guy, that guy Whitey from Prague, from Prague 2. That the like, one they shot in a rocket? Yeah. Well, no, no, it's a different guy <laughs> with a similar era, yeah. Anyway, All until right. then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Fitter 2000. Splunting Tonight, we must something something tonight. We must be this whatever. Sunday, buddy, Sunday. Sunday, buddy, Sunday. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm so sorry, everyone. That's, I, I felt like this was a good intermission. I, I backed down completely and accept, uh, yeah. Hey, I definitely wasn't singing.